Next on BYUSN, the Cougars feeling the heat after back-to-back football losses and giving up 52 points to Arkansas. Is the heat justified? Well, they're feeling the heat. We're bringing the heat. This show is going to be hot. Don't burn yourself, Jason. Welcome to BYU Sports Station, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. It is Monday, October 17th, wherever and however you're connected. Great to have you with us. We'll call it a therapy session, if you will. <laughs> I am Spencer Linton. That is Jason Shepard. Hey, and we don't charge by the hour, so it should be all right for everybody. <laughs> Very cheap, cheap group therapy. <laughs> What's on the therapy session docket, Jason? Yes, on today's show, the BYU defense taking heat from all directions. Is it justified? We'll also get our weekly chat with Trevor Maddich. We get his reaction to the loss to Arkansas. And Spencer, that guy right there, Mm -hmm, talked with mm -hmm. Ben Bywater and Puka Nakua after Saturday's loss. What went wrong? Here are today's headlines. BYU football, you may have heard, drops to 4-3 and three on the season after back-to-back losses to Notre Dame and now Arkansas. 52-35, the Razorbacks put the beat down on the Cougars in Provo at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. No rest for the weary if you look at BYU. Tricky road game, afternoon start in Lynchburg, Virginia, this Saturday, 3.30 Eastern against the Flames of Liberty. Look out, let's go. The Flames, hot. Indeed. Keeping up with the, uh, the trend? Yes. All right, Cougars in the pros. Zach Wilson. How about Zach Wilson and the New York J-E-T-S Jets, Jets, Jets. Zach, 10 of 18, 118 yards. A 27-10 win on the road at Lambeau over the Packers. Also, Taysom Hill and the Saints. Unfortunately, Saints lost to the Bengals. I mean, fortunate for you as a Bengals fan. I apologize. Hey, the Bengals are 500. <laughs> yes. Taysom Hill, 55 total yards. And Sione Takitaki with the Browns had five tackles. Uh, 38-15 loss, however, for his Browns, losing to the Patriots. Tyler Algieri, 51 yards rushing and a surprising Atlanta Falcons win against the NFL's number one defense, Fred Warner in the San Francisco 49ers. A Fred did his part in the loss, 10 tackles. Monday Night Football tonight features a couple of Cougars, Kyle Van Noy and Michael Davis playing for the Los Angeles Chargers of San Diego as they take on Russell Wilson and the Denver Broncos. Uh, Saturday night at Southfield, a sweet, sweet victory for BYU women's soccer, taking down number 14 Portland by a score of 4-1, to handing the Pilots their first loss of the year. To Mazingo. Mazingo behind the defense of Wilson. Brecken Mazingo. Brecken Mazingo with two goals on the night. Jamie Shepard, Olivia Wade each with a goal. Portland, by the way, coming into this game, had allowed five goals all season long. BYU scored four on them. Cougars will be at Pepperdine, a midweek game in Malibu on Wednesday, 6 p.m. Eastern. You can listen to it on BYU Radio. Portland undefeated no longer. On to BYU men's basketball and the first Ken Pomeroy ratings of the season. The Cougars number 44 in the Ken Palm rundown. The top 44. Pretty good. (laughs) Considering all of the things that have moved and all of the new pieces. Gonzaga, by the way, number three in the Ken Palm ratings. Not a shocker. BYU, however, is the next highest rated West Coast Conference team. It's not St. Mary's. BYU. 
Number 12, women's volleyball falls in Stockton at Pacific by a score of 3-2. Next game will be at number 4, San Diego, this Friday at 9 Eastern time. Number 1 ranked BYU men's cross country finished second in the Nuttycomb Wisconsin Invitational over the weekend. The women's cross country team ranked number 5 in the country finished fourth. Strong performances by both squads. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. Presented by Bodyguards, protection for a life worth living. Learn more at bodyguards.com. Jason, I say, boo, pig suey. As Arkansas goes back to Fayetteville with a 17-point win, 17-plus against the Cougars. Now, let's set the conversation up with this. After the game, Kalani Satake was asked about the defensive performance overall after the Cougars surrendered 644 yards and the aforementioned 52 points. Yikes. Satake spoke about his biggest frustration with the defense. Here's what he said. I mean, they converted 12 out of 15. Uh, that, that's, that's not good, good defense. So uh, that's my, my main area of, uh, of concern. Uh, and then the other area of concern is just uh, fundamental tackling and then uh, mistakes on the field. We, we, we had some guys not doing their 111th. And so that's on the coaches to make sure that they get that done and, and on the players to execute their assignment. That didn't have a, an, uh, I don't think, a difficult uh, scheme for our, our, our guys to, to, to execute defensive-wise, but uh, got to get out got to get out of plays, and, and 12 out of 15 is not good. It's not, not good enough, not even close. So you're just not going to win a lot of games defensively. You're not going to keep a lot of points off the board by giving up them the percentage that – <laughs> on that, if, if we go half of that, holding a seven out of fifteen, then maybe we have a chance. Eighty percent success rate for Arkansas on third down conversions. Twelve out of fifteen, as Kalani said, even seven out of fifteen. This is an entirely different football game. He also pointed out just a simple lack of execution. Jason, not a difficult scheme, he said to execute for the BYU defense. Just could not make plays. So, my question for you is, is the heat that the BYU defense is feeling, coaches and players, justified? The easy answer is yes, it's justified. And look, you can take opinion out of it. You can take emotion out of it. You can take fandom out of it. If all you did was just look at the numbers, it's justified. I want you to take a look at this full screen graphic that we've put together in terms of the offensive woes, or excuse me, the defensive woes that we've seen this season and where it ranks. Look at that. Points allowed, 30.3. That's 2001. It's the worst since then. 2001, the worst rushing yards. Total yards since 2005. First down since 2001. Third downs, you got to go all the way back to 1991 to find another season where the they were giving up what they are at this sure, point. Sure. And so... Without, without having any opinion on anything, if you just look at the stats that the defense is giving up, yes, it's justified. And it's justified because the head coach of the team believes it's justified. He was not happy after the game on Saturday, and he did not hide the fact that he's like, things have got to change. We've got to get better. And, and I, I will say, how many times... After the losses, even, even after some of the wins, but certainly after the losses, you touched on, you know, after, after he'd mentioned it, you mentioned the word execution. We keep hearing that, that, that the execution has to get better. 
we're at this point of the season where you, you wouldn't think that would still be as much of a problem as it has been. Seven games in. More than half. So, so the heat is justified, yes. More than half of the season in. And for those watching on BYU TV, we already showed you one graphic. Jason verbalized that. We're going to show you a number of eye-opening defensive statistics that speak a really hard reality about BYU's defense. And so, yes, just by the numbers, BYU's defense, the worst that the Cougars have featured in more than two decades. And that hurts because BYU and the fan base, us included, had such high hopes yeah. for the experience coming back. The linebackers and the secondary and a defensive line that's getting better just hasn't been the case, certainly not against the Power 5 opponents. Uh, I mean, you look at the wins, BYU's got wins against Baylor, top of the charts. That's the best win for sure, right? They hold the Bears to 20 points. Beat Utah State, Wyoming, a bad USF team. But then you look at what BYU's done in the three losses, and it, it is a stark contrast. I know the level of competition has been very, very different from BYU's four wins against the three losses, but still, it should not be that exaggerated. I'll, I'll say this. Sometimes it takes something awful, right? Something awful to bring about change and then improvement. We saw it in 2019 when BYU had just lost to Toledo and then went on the road and lost to a four-win USF team. The Cougars were 2-4, and four, Jason, and the defense was not good. Execution was not good. We heard a lot of the same things. It prompted Kalani Satake to take over in large part, how the defense was called and executed. BYU won five straight games after that, including beating number 14 Boise State in Provo at home. So after the game, and you were a big part of this post-game coverage, Jason, Kalani Satake was asked if he would step in and take over play calling on the defense. This was his response. I don't think uh, I'm ready to answer that question right now, but I know that... Uh... That's an option. So we have a lot of different options out there, and and um, you know, like I, I like our guys. I think the, the effort they give us is, is fantastic. I, I need to get focused on getting things done. So I'm not I'm not close to any any uh, options out there. Okay, not closing down any options. He didn't say that he's going to take over the defense, but clearly, if you listen to all of the postgame commentary, and again, you were right next to him for a lot of it something's going to change. And he doesn't prefer to step in and do this. He's the guy that has said publicly, I want to be Lavelle Edwards. I want to designate responsibilities and just be the head coach, oversee everything. He doesn't want to have his hands directly involved, per se. It's not his first option. But sometimes that's what is required. Yes, and we've seen, and he's even talked about that in the past, where you know he has stepped in or maybe paid more attention to this aspect and went into the, to the, to the defensive rooms a little bit more or on the, on the case when maybe when the offense was struggling at certain times. He goes in and, and provides a little extra, whether that's play calling, whether that's more of a direction on what he wants to see. He's talked about that in the past. Now, whether or not that, that ends up being him taking over play calling duties, I don't know. I will tell you, I'm very, very interested to hear what he has to say coming up at, uh, at 12 o'clock today, Mountain Time, for the, the weekly uh, media press conference. I, I'm very curious to see um, his demeanor and what he has to say, you know, 48 hours after the loss to Arkansas. So I, I'm excited and anxious to see what he has to say today. 
I know a lot of people want to put a huge emphasis on things like the line change substitutions on the BYU defense. Oh, if BYU wasn't substituting so many players, then it would solve all the issues. Uh, it's, it's not nearly as simple as that. It's coming down to, as David Nixon called it, our good friend, lack of situational awareness, lack of execution, and the wheel of accountability with the blame involved is spent, it's, it's shared all around, okay? And the coaches have admitted as much. we got to be better as coaches. Talk to Ben Bywater. You heard that conversation in the postgame. Players got to be better. But it's just simple execution, lack of situational awareness, Jason, that we thought was there because we saw it against Baylor. Yeah. So what? Like the, the substitutions and the line chain substitutions worked against Baylor. It was there. I know Baylor's not awesome, but I still think Baylor's a better team than Notre Dame. And look what Notre Dame did, by the way. Don't even get me started. As soon as I saw that score, I'm like, you have got to be. They lost me. to Stanford in South Bend at home a week after BYU <laughs> lost to 14 Notre Dame points in Las Vegas. total for Notre yes. Dame. Okay. So BYU seemingly had something going. The execution was really good against Baylor. What has changed? Some people point to injuries. Uh, some say, well, BYU relaxed. They bought into the hype and now they're soft. Like, I just There's a myriad of reasons here, and we're going to ask Trevor Maddich, what's the number one issue that BYU needs to fix so that they can get this thing back rolling in the right direction like they did against Baylor? It's interesting. Look, and, and we were talking about whether it's justified or not. It absolutely is justified as much as we're talking about the defense and the, the issues that we're seeing right now. It's, it, the, the ironic part of this whole conversation is I, with, with everything we saw on the defensive side, I still think – that the biggest play of the game, the game that changed everything. The play that changed the game. Was on offense. Mm. And it was the fourth and inches where the ball was snapped. And, and it, it's, it's funny because the way we looked at that play when it happened is completely different than the way we looked at the play after the game when we found out what was originally supposed to happen. Fourth and inches. First of all, I thought Jaron Hall had the first down anyway. They, re, they have a replay. says he was short. They go for it. I had no problem with it. I thought that was the right call. But the ball is fumbled. BYU turns it over. That leads directly to a touchdown. But what we found out after the fact was they were trying to draw Arkansas offside. They were not going to snap the ball. Hard count. They were hard counting it, trying to get them to jump. If they did not get them to jump, they were going to punt it. So, they, so Kalani's like, there was no play called. I don't know what play was called because there was no play called. They were not supposed to snap the ball. That, to me, was the biggest play of the entire game because at that point it was like back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, and then that happened and it sort of broke serve and then Arkansas took off. Sure. Turning point play for sure. Uh, throw in the missed sack of K.J. Jefferson when he escapes three BYU yes. tacklers 10 yards behind the line and turns it into a first down. Arkansas scores to go up 31-21, and that kind of felt like ah, that's all she wrote. It's weird. Yeah, it is. It's weird. All right, let's get to topic number two, and this one, I, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you, I feel a little awkward because I have nothing to do with this. You didn't make any guarantees? I, I didn't make any guarantees. Like, mentally, I made some guarantees, <laughs> but it's time to recap our game day guarantees. Here's our game day guarantee results. We have to give them to you. We're contractually obligated. Indeed. 
We are contractually obligated. Okay, so am I playing the role of Jerem then today? Yeah, why don't you review what Jerem okay. guaranteed? So Jerem guaranteed that his Mariners would win game three. <laughs> no, they did, first of all, did not get that one either. 16 innings. 18. Okay. Excuse me, 18. 18, 18. yes, yeah, sorry, I short changed them two oh. innings. Okay, so Jerem's guarantees were that BYU will kick off at least four times. Wow, went out on a limb there. Yeah, he nailed that one. Uh, he said that Chris Brooks will score a rushing touchdown. Did not nope. happen. Uh, he said that Jaron Hall, he guaranteed Jaron Hall will throw two-plus touchdown passes, and he did. Again, not aggressive against a very, very porous Arkansas secondary. So we got two out of his two three, out of three guarantees. Given how bad it's been for Jaron and guarantees this season, <laughs> I'm okay with him taking safe picks. You're going to need a guarantee. All right. Uh, my first guarantee, I said Arkansas will have more penalty yards than BYU. One of the most penalized teams in the country, and the Razorbacks delivered for sure. Not enough, though. I also said BYU will hold Arkansas under their season average of 233 rushing yards per game. It's feeling pretty good about this, actually, into the fourth quarter until the Razorbacks broke off a super long yeah. run. Sanders, 64 yards. See you later. <laughs> there goes that guarantee. My final guarantee, BYU will not be outscored in the second quarter. You brought up the turning point, the fumble. I yeah. thought I was feeling good about that, too. Yeah. Like, hey, BYU's going blow for blow, score for score, and the ball that wasn't supposed to be snapped gets snapped, and now Arkansas scores 24 points in the second quarter. Yep. Brutal. Yep. I'm 11 for 21 for the season. That's over 500. Yeah, Jeremy is 6 for 21. Uh, both of you have combined 17. for 14 of uh, 36. No, no, we need to update. It's 17 oh. for 42. Oh, now. okay. So this hasn't been updated. <laughs> 17 for 42. <gasps> for 42. Yeah, so, so much better. Look, I'm Ron Burgundy here. I'm just reading what's on the script, okay? <laughs> All right, let's hear from you in Voice of the Nation answering our question of the day Is the heat BYU defense is feeling? Justified. Brian Hall on Twitter says, yes, next question. <laughs> First response uh, in on Instagram as well from Hunter Hartman said, BYU just hung 52, or, sorry, Arkansas just hung 52 points on BYU at home, 12 of 15 on third down conversions. If you aren't questioning now, you never will. It's, it's, it's healthy to question things. When there is adversity like this, if you turn a blind eye to it, like, eh, whatever. That, then that's a problem. No, Kalani Satake is clearly upset. He's putting the heat He's on the defense. He's not turning a blind eye to what's He's going on. He's got the blowtorch on the defense. Yep. He's leading the charge. Yep. It's totally justified. I, I agree. I don't, yeah, I, I'm not sure there's going to be anybody that's going to go the other direction. Hashtag BYUSN to join the conversation. All right, today on Coordinator's Corner, Offensive Coordinator Aaron Roderick and Defensive Coordinator Elisa Tuiaki join the show to recap the Arkansas game and look ahead to the rivalry. Catch it on the BYU TV app at 1 Eastern time. Up next, we'll hear from Ben Bywater, BYU linebacker. He's not shying away from accountability. Neither is Puka Nakua. My post-game conversations with two of the BYU leaders right after this on BYU Sports Nation. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Bodyguards. Protection for a life worth living. Well, you can see just how valuable a healthy Puka Nakua can be for BYU football. He played wide receiver and 
hybrid running yeah. back role. Look, you get your playmakers involved, man. Yeah, they were not going to let Puka Nakua go without another catch in the Arkansas game. As good as he was, understandably disappointed with his team's 17-point loss. I spoke with him one-on-one after the game to talk about the offense and the success there, but yes, how the offense can help the team dynamic and help the defense get better one-on-one with Puka Nakua. Puka, breakout performance for you today. It was evident that Aaron Roderick wanted to get you the ball early and often, and they did, and the offense puts up 35 points. Where did things fall short, offensively speaking? And again, that's that's with a lot of things that went well. Where did you fall short today? Um, obviously, for, for me, the first thing that comes to mind was the that fourth down um, here in high red zone. Uh, fourth, uh, just simple uh, self-inflicting problems. That's that's kind of been a an issue that we um, not that we really run into, but that was our that was our bug today. Self-inflicting, nothing that they did that we weren't prepared for. Nothing in the game plan that we didn't feel that was ready to execute. Um, we had the fourth down conversion that was missed on the snap. Um, my fourth down conversion, a fumble in the red zone with an opportunity to score, trying to come back into the game. Uh, just things that we didn't we do normally that we didn't do this game. So we got to come back, look at the film, and continue to. Coach is going to come back, preach, love, and learn, and we got to continue to do the small and simple things. Ball security, um, knowing, knowing the snap count, make sure you're in the plays and the signals, but um, just simple execution, I think that's what it comes down to. When you get into a shootout like this, how does that change the scheme and the offensive game plan moving forward? Um, I don't know if it really changed it, but I think as an offense, we knew we've seen what they put on tape, and we knew we could be in for a shootout, and that's what we prepared for. And they just happened to, they, they put more points up on the board out there. We didn't execute when we needed to, so that's where it showed out. But nothing that they, they did that to make us change our game plan, we were ready. We, we, as an offensive guy, as a receiver, we love to score points. So when we get up there, we're scoring 28-plus. That's a good feeling, but uh, we just left some opportunities out there on the field. Let's talk about the interception when Jaron was targeting you late in the second quarter. Walk us through that play and what happened. Um, Yeah, that's a funny, uh, that one's not on Jaron. I think that was on me. I, I had a... Uh, obviously a deep route on their sideline and I kind of I had to adjust late in the route and I gave an opportunity for the safety to come over and kind of hide it point it before me but uh, he put that ball out there and that's what we asked for as a, as a receiver um, I got I had a, a non PI call early in the game and then I got one later but there was nobody out there I should have went up and made that play high point that ball he gave me opportunity to make a play and once again just execution uh, that's something that we've worked in and routes on air uh, against our defense we repped that all week and uh, it showed up in the game and we just didn't execute. So tricky place for BOA football to be in given the fast start to the season, but you've now dropped back-to-back tough games against Notre Dame and Arkansas. So what's the key to maintaining the proper mindset for the final five regular season games? Um, I think just like you had mentioned earlier, we put a lot of good things on tape the, um, this game and games in before. We just got to continue to do the things that work for us and don't let them slip up. Uh, we're, continue, we're trying to add in new things and uh, make wrinkles into our game. We're getting the later part of the season, so you have tendencies, and we're trying to break those and make sure that we're game planning the right way. But um, our basic fundamental stuff, I, I think of, uh, just for me, I'm, uh, ball security, that's something that we preach every week and something that I lacked on. But they're just the plays of going out, it's got to execute. It comes down to execution. How do you feel about your role as a hybrid running back wide receiver now in this offense? <laughs> it's fun uh, to do whatever I need to do to help the team win. It's fun. Uh, Try to leave it all out there on the field and just like, yeah, just do whatever I can. I know you're not a part of the defense, but you're part of this team and they're hurting right now after giving up 52 points and almost 700 yards to Arkansas. 
How do you handle that and support them in a, in a role that will help them get better moving forward? Um, I think it's something that starts in practice. Practice makes perfect. Um, you got to come up or get a rest up tomorrow, uh, get as much treatment as you can. But it starts through the week of uh, being physically ready, of making sure you're taking care of your body because to practice on Monday, we, we, we don't. We have our schedule through the week. You just make sure that I can make Caleb Pays better. I can make uh, D'Angelo Hall. I can make Gabe. I can make Jacob Robinson. All of our, all everybody in our receiver room, when we're going against each other, that's what we're here to do to compete so everybody gets better in practice. And that's something I think uh, we can do a better job as a receiver group, uh, at least compare for the DBs of being able available during practice and to compete against them. So they're getting the good look. So when we get out here on Saturday, it feels natural. It feels normal and something that we've been a part of. But I think just to continue to compete, not beat each other up in, in practice, we're on the same team. We're trying to accomplish the same goal, but to compete competitively. So when you come out here on Saturday, there is, there is no lapse um, from the one to two to threes. Everybody everybody in a uniform on the sideline needs to be ready for uh, for anything at all times. Puka, I think I speak for all BYU fans when I say it, it's good to see you back on the sideline and, and healthy and pushing forward, man. Thanks for the time. Appreciate it. Go Cougs always. Puka Nakua, huge performance against Arkansas, um, but he said a few things in the interview that I really liked, Jason. Uh, number one, I shouldn't say I like it. I appreciate how open and honest he is. The self-inflicted issues, which is now a growing theme for the season for BYU football, offense and defense, and that's frustrating because they feel like, hey, we're outside of the Oregon game, we're not really being beat. We're beating ourselves. Like, Oregon was just a better team than BYU. They beat BYU, right? Notre Dame, Arkansas, those are winnable games for BYU without the self-inflicted issues. But he wasn't – he didn't shy away from that. I appreciated that. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's great that, that he was talking about that. But, you know, again, it comes back to the execution. And we, we hear it on both sides of the football. Execution's got to get better. And – you know, at this point in the year, you would hope that that's not as big of an issue as it has become. Now, it's never easy to come out and do an interview following a game like that. And Ben Bywater is not a guy that shied away from the less than the desirable spotlight after he, as a big part of the defense, gave up 52 points to Arkansas. But he, too, ready to take extreme ownership one-on-one -on -one with Ben Bywater on the issues BYU's defense dealt with on Saturday. Ben, no easy way around it. You yeah. give up 52 at home. To yeah. your credit, the defense fought hard to the very last play, and you keep Arkansas out of the end zone. Yeah. and showed some real pride in that moment. But before that, there are several issues you're trying to shore up. What, what's the number one issue that's happening with the BYU defense right now? I mean, just we're making a lot of mistakes. And against a good team like Arkansas, you can't, you can't, you're shooting yourself in the foot, and they're going to capitalize on those those opportunities that we give them. So, for us, it's uh, everything, everything. I mean, those they were going fast. We got to be able to tackle. We got to wrap up. I mean, it's going to be a, a long weekend of us looking, you know, inward and figuring out, you know, stuff that we got to do. But uh, as long as far as just the fundamentals, I mean, tackle, get off blocks. You can run whatever scheme, right? You can you can run the best scheme in the world, but if you're not getting off blocks, you're not making tackles. They're going to win. Where does this defense, and specifically you, go mentally to recover and get right moving forward for the back five games in the regular season? Because this is a tricky spot to be in after tough losses back-to-back. -back. That's a great question. We're going to have to rally the troops, to be honest. Like, this weekend, I mean, that's tough, right? We're, we're, we've lost three games now, um, and we've had opportunities to win all three of those games. And we're not going to – you can't shy away from that. you got to look at that and have an honest conversation with yourself and just be like, hey – you know, we got we got the rest of the season to go. What we got five six games left, um, and so for us, it's 
you know, you're, you're playing for more than just yourself and your pride at this point, right? We've lost three games, unfortunately, but you want to play for your family, your brothers, and, uh, you know, what BYU represents. Now, I know you're not going to point at excuses, and, uh, I'm, but I'm going to bring up injuries because clearly you're missing some guys on the defensive side of the ball, uh, especially in that secondary. So how much is that impacting what you're able to do as a defensive unit? Yeah, unfortunately, injuries are just part of the game, right? Like, I've talked about this before. Football is just, it's so, I mean, you can you can work your butt off, right, and then tear your ACL tomorrow. It's just, that's just how the game is, and, uh, you know, it's unrewarding. So, for us, it's, you're, you're missing guys, unfortunately, and those are, those are guys that you want to have in there. And so, for us, it's, you you practice hard, and everyone takes care of their stuff, and then you're going to you're gonna have trust in the guy next to you. So, it's going to be a good week looking forward. I'm looking forward to it. Guys are going to have to step up, and, uh, you know, what we did out here today wasn't enough. I myself included, so I got to look inward myself and then hopefully, you know, rally the troops around me. When you are reviewing film after a game like this, it's tough not to go to a bad place. Walk, walk me through the mindset of, of watching this film and, and then trying to learn from this and make drastic changes as you get ready for Liberty. Yeah, Monday's going to be tough. It's going to be tough, but hey, you need, you need to watch that. You know, you, if, you, if you make these mistakes and then you shy away from it and, you know, you want to cradle your ego, right, you're not going to go anywhere. So for us, you're going to have a hard conversation on Monday. You're going to want to watch the film. You're probably going to want to puke. But for us, it's, hey, Liberty's a good team. You know, if we don't come and play our A game and respect and, and clean up our mistakes and, you know, we're not prepared, you know, to come out here and, and play the best we can, especially against Liberty, you know, we don't want to be in the same position we are right now. So for us, obviously the fundamentals like I talked about. And then, uh, you know, it's just going to be some honest conversations this week with ourselves and, and uh, you know, defense as a unit. Now, to clarify, you feel like this is just – assignments and execution it has nothing to do with the scheme is that, is that what i'm hearing from you i mean everyone can everyone can do better right i mean when you, when it comes to a loss i i do not point fingers you know i'm not saying it's the scheme it's this it's that like you know I, there's multiple times where i should have done something and, and you know they they had a big gain off of this so for me it's i, I got to control what i can control um and you know we're a unit um i'm not putting the blame on anybody um i'm just i can just look at myself and say hey i got to be better Walk me through the atmosphere in the locker room and the message from head coach Kalani Satake right now. Yeah, Kalani is, was positive. He's always positive. So for us, it was, he was just like, you know, games like this, you, you make mistakes, they're going to count. Like, that's a great team, right? Arkansas is good. So for us, it's like, hey, you can't be making mistakes. You know, you can't be having face masks and penalties and, and you know, because they're going to they're gonna make big plays off of that. So for us, he was just like, hey, man, you know, we got we got to live our lives according to you know what Jesus would do, and then uh, everything else will fall into place. All right, Ben, we wish you the best of luck. Rest up as you get ready for Liberty. We'll see you in Lynchburg next week. Yes, sir. Appreciate you. Thank you, Ben Bywater. After the game against Arkansas, and uh, <laughs> straight up just said, "Look, it was so bad. Everything needs to be addressed. It's, it's everything. As simple as tackling, getting off blocks." Everything needs to be addressed. Well, and that's it echoes what Kalani said post game in, in terms of like what change is everything has to be evaluated. We've got to look at everything. We've got we've got to get better at everything. Well, and we're gonna do our part and look at everything with Dave McCann, Blaine Fowler, and Dave Nixon, right? That's right. After further review, reviews the Arkansas game. Watch as Dave McCann, Blaine Fowler, and David Nixon break down the film. AFR is available tomorrow on the BYU TV app at 7 p.m. Eastern time. Hopefully you don't puke like Ben Bywater just said you might. <laughs> Up next, hey, it was, a, it was a fantastic finish to the homecoming night thanks to BYU women's soccer. Have they reestablished themselves as the team to beat the WCC? This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store 
official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. This is BYU Sports Nation. To interact with the show and get great content throughout the day, follow us on our social media platforms on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. He is Jason Shepard. I am Spencer Linton. Let's whip it. Cooper Whip Round presented by Marisk, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. All right, we mentioned this earlier. The Jets now 3-0 with Zach Wilson back as the starting quarterback. How much credit does Zach get for the win streak? Hey, he deserves at least some of it, Jason. And he was a huge part of that comeback win against Pittsburgh. Zach is like, he's a big-time fourth-quarter guy. Yes. Like, he, he's, a, he's a clutch performer. So, certainly, he deserves some of the credit. Yesterday, I'm giving it to the Jets' defense and special teams. Like, Zach was okay. It was on the defense and special teams yesterday. He gets 63.7% of the credit <laughs> because he brings confidence to the rest of his team. Okay? okay? Doesn't need to put up the eye-popping numbers. Just okay. being on the field, that's all they Fair need. Fair enough. BYU football currently a four-and-a-half-point favorite at Liberty. This, this number is fluctuating a lot because we're not really sure what to get. After the line opened at six and a half, Jason, so it's yes. down a little bit. Is that line fair? Uh, no, I do not believe it's fair. I think it should be at least a touchdown. Really? Minimum. Really? Minimum. <laughs> yes. I get that they're coming off a bad performance. Two. Two bad performances. But you should win by more than four and a half points. Against Liberty? Yes. Liberty's only losses by one point against Wake Forest, who is number 13 in the country. Yes, I, I get it. I, I think get it. I think it's fair because uh, yeah. BYU's trending in the wrong direction. All right. Coming off a win over 14th-ranked Portland, has women's soccer reestablished itself as the team to beat in the WCC? Not quite. It's going to take a win over Pepperdine this week. If BYU beats Pepperdine this week on the road, then watch out. I think, again, they are the team to beat for a West Coast See, Conference title. I think they have because I get the Pepperdine game, but you've already beat Portland that's ahead of you in the standings, and you still you're tied right now with Gonzaga. You have Gonzaga here in Provo and Santa Clara, who's leading the in division. In Provo. In Provo. You've got these games in Provo. So, yeah, I think they have reestablished themselves as the team. Oh, man, that was a great win for sure. Yes, the preseason AP college basketball poll just released. BYU has guaranteed games against second-ranked Gonzaga, ninth-ranked Creighton, 19th-ranked San Diego State, and possible games against number 5 Kansas, number 11 Tennessee, and number 24 Dayton at the Battle for Atlantis. Jason, how many ranked wins will BYU need to have to make the NCAA tournament? Well, I, you know, I don't know if we can answer that question right now. I love the fact that they have the possibility of playing those that many games. Look, honestly, if you can get two out of these, yeah, I think you're right. in good shape. The fact, yes. the fact that you have them on the schedule alone is going to help BYU's chances, regardless of the outcome. It's, it's about quad one yes. wins. And if you beat ranked teams, typically those are going to be quad one wins. Uh, the, the advantage BYU has is they get to play Gonzaga and St. Mary's twice. Yes. So of the ones we just mentioned, uh, yeah, two. Two, and BYU should feel pretty good about being in a spot to make the NCAA tournament. All right, BYU football going with the white top and royal pants for the Liberty game. Uh, rate the combo. Love the combo. Love the combo. The only thing that I like a little bit better about this combo is when they wear the royal helmets Agreed. with the white top and yes. the royal pants. But this is pretty close to my favorite uniform yep. combo. I love it. Very clean. Cannot wait. It's going to look good winning by more than seven Just points. Just play more. Yes, please, Jason. Please play <laughs> yeah. more clean. Yes. yes. All right. I don't even care if they win by one. Just win. Join the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel, and head coach Kalani Satake as they talk all things BYU football, including stories about the players and personnel that make this team special. Tune in tomorrow at 8.30.
12.30 p.m. Eastern Time on BYU TV. You want answers? I want the truth. Trevor Maddich might have the truth. Jason had answers about the number one thing BYU football can do to change things and start winning games again. This is BYU Sports Nation. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Maersk, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. Hey, there's a bright spot for BYU football. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation live on a Monday from Studio B. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up alongside Jason Shepard. As it is our privilege every Monday, we now welcome in Trevor Maddich, ESPN College Football Insider and Expert, for another Maddich Monday. And Trevor, after a 52-35 loss by BYU to Arkansas in Provo, we all are kind of wondering what's next for the Cougars and how do – the BYU coaching staff collectively fixed the issues on the field. So we'll start there. Trevor, what's the number one issue that BYU needs to address as they push forward to try and get better? It's execution. I mean, a lot's been said about the defensive play calling, but alignment, assignment, and technique by the defense have been absolutely inexplicably horrific the last few weeks. And those are the kinds of things that can be fixed. I mean, a lot of us has also been said about talent or lack thereof. I think there's enough talent there to play much better than they have the last couple of weeks, but I think they're just trying to do too much. And so alignment, assignment, technique. So Trevor, when we've been asking the question, we've been talking about it really all show with the heat that the defense has taken, including from head coach Kalani Satake. I mean, he was not happy after the game on Saturday. Do you feel that the heat that the defense is taking is justified? It's so justified. It is astonishingly justified. You know, and again, it's it's the little things that they little mistakes they should not be making. For example, on Arkansas's first touchdown, it was a run around the defensive right side. So the defensive end on that side had contained. The running back came up inside before he bounced it out wide to the de defensive right. And the defensive end, when he saw the running back stem inside, he went inside. He was not replaced by anybody outside, so it doesn't look like it was a stunt. Maybe it was. But the, the running back just went out where the defensive end used to be, right? So either that defensive end needed to keep contained or the linebacker needed to scrape hard on a stunt to get out and get contained. But that happened to them a lot in this game where guys just weren't in the right place. It's one thing if you're in the right place and you get beat by a player that just got the best of you this play. That's fine. That happens to all of us a lot. But when it comes to not being in the right spot, that's an issue. Same thing happened against Notre Dame where you had a defensive end, have contained, and then he peeked inside to see if the running back was going to go in there. That's not his job. And when he did that, the running back bounced outside, big run. Then he was rushing the passer, same guy, and he had contained, and then he drifted inside. Just wasn't blocked in there, just went in there. And the quarterback came out the other side. And so this is a problem that they've had. It is inexplicable because BYU is known for mature players that, that practice and prepare and play in a very disciplined way. And the problem with this defense has been a lack of discipline in the fundamentals before they ever engaged with the, with the opponent. 
Trevor, a lot of finger pointing going on, understandably, from fans at the coaches and at the players, and the wheel of accountability is always an interesting conversation. So in your opinion, why is there a consistent lack of discipline on the field from BYU's defense, do you think, at this point? You know, it's, I think it's because they're trying to do too much. I think especially the defensive line has, has heard the criticism. I, I don't think the defensive line is, is bad. The defensive line has some very nice components. And to compensate for a lack of true high-end multiple guys that can go be disruptors, and they've got a couple guys that are pretty good at that, but what they do is they just rotate them like a hockey team and make sure that they're incredibly fresh all the time, right? And that and that's a, a principle for success. That That can work to get the most out of your players. But I think the defensive line is playing like as I watch them on tape, they hear the criticism and they want to do more. They want to do better. And so they try to do too much. And so they try to do not just their job, but somebody else's job too, because they want to make a play. And that's when things start to break down. Also, when they try to do too much, I mean, there was a, there was a play a couple of games ago uh, against Wyoming where there was a, uh, an offensive player after the snap lying on the ground with his face down. And a BYU defender got up and pushed his face back into the ground from the back of his helmet, just pushed the back of his helmet, face into the ground. When he, then he, as he got up, the BYU guy, and flagged 15 yards. What is that? That's trying to assert dominance. We're more physically dominant than you will find, but do it between the whistles. Do it during the snap, when the play's actually happening. That, to me, is not a, a reflection of football character. It's not a reflection of effort. I think with this team, things that have been happening like this with the missed assignments, et cetera, have been guys trying to do too much. And the irony is to fix it, they need to dial it back and do what Coach Sataki says, do one eleventh, and that's it. Let me just give you one example of, of this. I'm a pilot. When you're flying a plane, um, low to the ground, and you're going a little bit too slow, and it starts to stall, right? And so it starts to shake, and it starts to fall out of the sky. What you want to do instinctively is pull up on the yoke and try to pitch up. Well, that'll just make it worse, and it'll make you spin into the ground. If you start to stall and go down, you need to pitch down to pick up airspeed so then you can keep going. It's counterintuitive. Same way with defensive football. It's counterintuitive to only do one thing and not try to do two things because you want to do so much to help your team. That's what this team is doing. We've been obviously focusing a lot on the defensive side of the football, but I, I think maybe the biggest play of the game against Arkansas was on the offensive end, and it was the fourth and inches call. It really felt like that play changed the direction uh, of the football game and talking about the, the, the fumble. And what we didn't realize at the time was that they were not supposed to snap the ball at all. Coach Satake said after the game, the, the idea was to try and draw Arkansas offside. If they didn't do it, they were going to take a timeout and then punt it. As a center, take me through that situation and what could possibly have happened um, when the ball was snapped, when nobody was expecting the ball to be snapped clearly. Yeah, and that's a good that's a good question, Jason. And I'm glad you asked it because the center's taking a lot of heat. I mean, a lot of heat. And maybe it's deserved. Maybe he just had the hard count in his mind and he was so amped up he snapped the ball. But it's also possible, and we need to find this out before there's criticism of him. It's also possible that he thought a defender had jumped a little bit into the neutral zone and then snapped the ball to catch him there. Now, clearly, if a defender had jumped, he wasn't far enough into the neutral zone for it to be a penalty on the defense. But we used to do that all the time, where we'd have a hard count, 
and the quarterback would be under center at the time. And he always kept his hands wide open, ready for the ball on a hard count. Because if someone jumped into the neutral zone on the defense on that hard count, I'd snap the ball. And we just get an easy five yards. So that may have been what was going on there. I don't know that. But I think it's easy to jump to a conclusion and blame the center. We need more information before we can do that. Trevor, is the BYU offense right now good enough to be better than the 4-3 and three record right now? Yes. The offense has done well generally. They have um, they've disappeared at times. Right. But when you look at this game, for example, against Arkansas, they scored as many points, 35, as the average of the SEC opponents scored against Arkansas this year so far. Arkansas has played four SEC opponents, including Alabama. And the average points scored against them was what BYU scored against them. And so that's because BYU's offense actually showed up for four quarters, and that's really good. The problem for the offense has been that they have started slow or they have taken entire quarters off, and that's been a problem for a couple of years. And this offense really needs to be right now like Tennessee. Tennessee is a fantastic offense. BYU, when it's clicking, is, a, is an excellent offense. Tennessee's defense gives up too many big plays. BYU's defense right now is not performing up to a championship level. And so the offense of Tennessee is carrying them while the defense is trying to get it together. BYU has the capability of doing the same thing. But the defense needs to perform better than they're performing because the difference between those two defenses, BYU and Tennessee, is that Tennessee will get beat once in a while, but it's not that common that they'll get beat because they busted an assignment. Usually they just got beat. And so the offense for BYU is in position if they click in four quarters to compensate. Remember, it's team defense. And this defense has the ability to perform a lot better than they're performing. But the offense has the ability also to score an awful lot of points and help to compensate for that. Trevor, we're at the part of the schedule where, with the exception of Stanford, the rest of the games are against G5 teams. Based off of where BYU sits right now at 4-3, and three, is there a chance we may learn more about this football team over the next couple of games than we did against any of the P5 matchups? I think in a lot of ways we will. Because it's easy to win and then go forward and have a great week of preparation and win again and feel great about yourself. Right now, I don't think there's a whole lot of great feeling in that BYU football facility. And so coming off of these two losses, two losses that BYU looked forward to for a year since the schedule came up, actually. And all of a sudden now they go to play Liberty. And BYU is better than Liberty. They should beat Liberty. But Liberty, this is a Super Bowl for them. They played one of their Super Bowls against Wake Forest a few weeks ago and lost by one point. It was a fantastic game. Well, here comes BYU. And Liberty is going to be ready for it. The question is, will BYU be down enough emotionally and physically after the battering you take playing this kind of schedule that they don't get the week of preparation they need? And they better be careful because Liberty is a team that can rise up and do a lot of things. I mean, they have a dual threat quarterback and even the backup's dual threat. The starter didn't play last week. But this presents similar kinds of problems as K.J. Jefferson of Arkansas did this past game. So BYU had better be ready for Liberty. Trevor Maddich of ESPN with us on BYU Sports Nation. Trevor, we appreciate the time as always as the Cougars get ready for the Flames in Lynchburg, Virginia. Hopefully that offense can click in an extra level and uh, help out with the team defense. Thanks so much. Thanks, guys. Trevor Maddich, ESPN, bringing it consistent every week on a Monday. 
Uh, it's great to have him as part of the program. Yeah, it's fantastic that we get his insight uh, on a weekly basis. Join us on Wednesday for a two-hour BYU Sports Nation special as we host BYU Basketball Media Day. Hear from head coach Mark Pope, Rudy Williams, Gideon George, and more Wednesday beginning at noon Eastern time on BYU TV and BYU Radio. I can think of a few reasons that Jerem Jordan doesn't want to be here today. One, yeah, the Arkansas game for sure, but we got a fantasy football update next, and I'm pretty sure that may be keeping him away as well. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. BYU Sports Nation is on demand. Download the free BYU TV and BYU Radio apps or listen to the podcast. Subscribe, rate, and review while you're there. It's time to review BYU Sports Nation Fantasy Football Friday, and it was a straight-up blowout this week. <laughs> We've got to help Jerem understand the concept, some basic concepts of fantasy that football. That you're trying to win it? <laughs> is that what we're going with? Is that, is that the premise? Okay, recap his starters and their points. Yes, Jerem's starters for Week 7. Zach Wilson, yep. five points. Uh, ben Bywater, seven points. Christopher Brooks, Five points. He opted not to start Cody Epps. And I was like, I don't think you want to do this. That was man. a mistake. I don't think you want to do this. So he made Jer- the change late in the show. Jerem finished, surprisingly, 17. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my starters for week six Jaron Hall, 31 points, huge game. Max Tooley with 12 points, eight tackles, forced fumble. And Taysom Hill only had four points. I didn't even start Puka Nakua. Can you imagine what the score would have been had I started Puka Nakua? The, the, uh, It'd have been the like, beatdown would have been even worse. It would have been like 60-plus points, but yeah. I win by 30. I think I've technically wrapped up the season. I'm 7-0. There were 13 games with the bowl game, so I'm, I'm pretty sure I just won the championship. Take, take the rest of the week off. All right. On to our question of the day. Is the heat on the BYU defense right now after surrendering 52 points to Arkansas justified? Our elite voice of the day presented by PAX Healthcare Elevated at JLawS57 says, heat on the defense? Um, Yeah. Now what does our starting five for opening night look like for BYU basketball? <laughs> We're not turning the page yet. No, no, Come no. On. Come on. Come on. Today's Rise and Shoutout presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. Jason, I think we should give it collectively to the BYU fan base. Another uh, really good demonstration of how great the BYU fan base is over the weekend and people that are come in to Lavelle Edwards Stadium in Provo are recognizing this. Another fan base glowing about how things went with BYU. This obviously coming from a Hog fan, talked about how great uh, BYU was, the experience, and how the Arkansas fans can learn from BYU fans on how to treat people. Yeah, let's be more like BYU rather than the sour fan base we, (laughs) Arkansas, have become. Our thanks to today's guest, Trevor Maddich. Conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. For Jason, I am Spencer. Shout out to Scott Colley. We'll see you for Coordinator's Corner at 2 Eastern on the BYU TV app. Go Cougs!